Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents for another Saturday morning. Actually, today is the 1st of August. We're recording it on the 31st. Sorry, it's the, yeah, 1st of August, recording on the 31st of July. Um, I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow, and uh, that's right. Good morning, and and great to be back again. Even though I was just reading the latest uh, news reports, and we might even go into into further lockdowns over the next um, few weeks, harsher restrictions. But we'll just have to wait and see. But we'll still be able to bring you the radio program, which is brought you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links and those contacts, Giselle. That's right. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms. Uh, on In and the second... Go on, Pierre. You go on. Sorry. <laughs> um, in the second part of the show today, we're going to speak with May Katsakis of PASA. PASA stands for the Philippines-Australia Solidarity Association. Um, and uh, May is also with Migrante Melbourne, which is a, um, a Filipino migrant workers organisation. Um, I spoke to May about the new, recently introduced anti-terror laws in the Philippines, why they're necessary, um, what they uh, say about the situation in the Philippines on the brink of effectively a dictatorship once again. Um, So that will be the second part of today's program. But first up, of course, news from around the region. That's right, that's right, Giselle. And of course, you listen to 3CR Radio. We'll go, our first news item, it goes to Iraq as um, there's been more deaths of protesters there. Now, regardless of the party and person in government in Iraq, the popular uprising that has been mobilising millions of of people across cities in southern and central uh, Iraq uh, is routinely attacked by armed gangs, militias, police and security forces. This week, in the middle of the night, the protesters' encampment in Taharia Square in central Baghdad was attacked by armed agents. Much of their camp was torched. Three people were killed and around seven were injured. Now, since October last year, when this mass uprising started, there have been over 500 protesters killed, 30,000 wounded and scores arrested. Now, further protests and clashes have occurred during this week as issues such as corruption, unemployment and poor services, including lack of electricity, have not improved. And Iraq, of course, is in the middle of summer and temperatures can go up to 50 degrees. Still in the Middle East, there are worsening conditions for migrant workers in Lebanon. A new report has highlighted the worsening conditions for migrant workers in Lebanon as that country's economic and political crisis worsens. There have been increasing numbers of migrant workers who are seeing their wages slashed and or withheld, being physically abused by their employers, while hundreds have now been abandoned in the streets, often without money, passports or their belongings, and without return tickets. 
In addition, reports indicate that more than one migrant worker per week dies from suicide or in suspicious circumstances. Since migrant workers reside in Lebanon via the kafala or sponsorship system, they have very few rights or legal recourse. Now that story just sounds so similar to so many other countries in the world, including Australia, where migrant workers have just these visa, restrictive visa systems that just are really rife for exploitation. Um, we now come back uh, much closer to, to home in uh, the next state, New South Wales in Australia, where last weekend 500 workers employed at the Woolworths uh, Distribution Centre at Wyong on the central coast of New South Wales were locked out by the company. The, um, the workers had taken part in a one-day strike as part of an ongoing campaign to secure permanent employment and raise their wages to parity levels with our distribution workers around Australia. And Woolworths is one of the two big uh, supermarket chains in Australia. The company had obviously been planning for such a contingency as it quickly organised for distribution to be organised from other distribution centres in New South Wales. In response to the company's hardline stance, the workers have now initiated an indefinite strike that is still um, occurring. And in Jordan, teachers arrested have been arrested as they take action. Last year, after a month-long strike, teachers in Jordan won significant improvements to their conditions to be phased in over a few years. Earlier this year, the government stated they would postpone this year's agreed increase to their salary until the following year. The main teachers' union organised a protest for this week as part of their ongoing campaign, demanding last year's agreement be honoured by the government. Last week, thousands of teachers took to the streets of the capital of Amman. In response, the government arrested 13 leading union members, raided its office and ordered them to shut down for two years. While the arrested teachers are scheduled to be released pending their trial at a later date, they will need to stay a week in the government-run Rehabilitation and Reformation Centre, which uh, just sounds terrifying. Uh, it does, it does. Um, and that shutting down of the office um, for two years reminds me of a few years ago where the Korean government actually bolted the uh, um, offices of a, um, another union. Um, we now go to Malaysia, where the government is continuing its campaign against refugees. Following from the indictment against five journalists earlier in July that we did um, bring you in the news item for exposing a crackdown on refugees by Malaysian authorities, the Malaysian government is now going after some of the people interviewed in that program. This week, authorities arrested Mohamed Raihan Kabir, a 25-year-old worker, and ordered his detention for 14 days so that he could be investigated. Following his arrest, the Director General of Immigration also announced that Kabir will be deported and blacklisted from entering Malaysia forever. Now, Kabir's only crime was to have been interviewed on this program talking about how migrant workers have been discriminated in Malaysia. Human rights groups are now calling for his immediate release and for the reinstatement of his work permit. And in China, the impact of COVID-19 has hit most countries globally, but in China, there has been a notable increase in protests by workers around late payment of wages. 
independent labour organising is heavily repressed in China. And as the examples from the arrests of close to 100 young labour activists in cities around China in 2018 and 2019 show. Some of these activists are now being released, but only after a period of re-education where their families and friends were used to pressure them to change their ideas. Activists have stated that they were only released after they had agreed to abandon their activism. Some of them have now assumed new names and identities in an effort to escape the ongoing surveillance and pressure from authorities. It is a very serious situation developing over there in relation to China and I guess as a, an imperialist war looms, uh, the repression in that country and, and in the other countries, so Russia and um, the United States, the repression will only increase. Very uh, on the brink of um, historical times, I think, Pierre. That's right, and it just makes... Um, the, the task of organising workers and linking us internationally even that more uh, important and urgent. And that's the end of the uh, news uh, roundup. We'll go to some community announcement and a break, and then we'll be back with that interview with that uh, with my Kotsakis. Fitzroy Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 501. Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter. Well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMARC. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 250 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminuaya Mōbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents with Giselle and Pierre. 
I interviewed May Katsakis uh, yesterday um, in relation to the anti-terror laws introduced in the Philippines on the 3rd of July, rammed through, in fact. We talked about the impact of that on um, Filipino society more broadly. This is a draconian law because the Philippines already has a Human Security Act. And that is already, a um, Human Security Act is already uh, very difficult for activists. With the Anti-Terror Act, it, it has become Act when Duterte signed it on July 3. It is actually very, because uh, it, it is actually uh, anti-people, anti anti-activists, because it, the, 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 the definition of terrorism is very vague. You know, so it criminalizes uh, freedom of speech, it criminalizes uh, freedom of association, protest, even peaceful protest. And, and not only it criminalizes those acts, even the intent, even just the intent. Uh, you have an intention to rally, you have an intention to protest, and, and even posting on the, um, on the Facebook to criticize the government, it criminalizes that. And uh, the difficulty of this as well is uh, uh, Duterte uh, created an anti-terror council, anti-terrorism council. And this council is composed of um, head of cabinets and um, ex-military, like uh, ex-general, uh, general in the military. And they are serving already under the president in the president's uh, sort of decision, in the president's will. So this anti-terror council, they can actually prescribe or, or actually determine a certain organization, a certain group or individual as terrorists, even though without the hearing in the Supreme Court, oh, without, without the, the, the court of law, without any, because prescription of us as terrorism, it is being processed in the court of law. But these people, this uh, council, can actually prescribe anyone can you know can determine or can say that that group is a, is a, is a terrorist. And even before the Anti-Terrorism Act was actually uh, approved, there has already been lots of red tagging in the Philippines. You know, red tagging um, civil society organization, red tagging uh, individuals, calling them as terrorists or supporters of terrorists. So, and, and they are, before, before an activist actually is uh, um, 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 abducted or killed or uh, jailed, you know, they were already subjected, they were first subjected to red tagging as if giving the police or the military a sort of an a license to you can attack this person because he's a ter terrorist or this organization because they are terrorists and so that there are plenty of provisions there including the um warrantless arrest so anyone can be arrested and be detained for 24 hours without any warrant without any charge and apparently that can still be extended to more days you know so this is actually uh, a very dangerous one, and it contravenes actually the 1987 um, constitution, which that constitution was actually uh, written, or the constitution was amended after the Marcos dictatorship, you know, when Marcos was deposed in 1986. 
1987 constitution was uh, was written and that was a one uh, you know of, by the people because of the danger under the martial law this apparently this anti-terror act is much much more dangerous than that um, that constitution this law has extraterritorial extraterritorial um, power so even if the like me i am in australia the the philippines can still i am still affected by the this anti-terror act so if i do anything like uh, against the, the philippine government uh criticized then i can still be affected so that that is one of the danger of this yeah, so I, I mean, that is quite possibly the answer to my next question, because what I was going to ask you was, given Dutetra already has laws by which he can address any potential terrorism, why does he need this one? And not only that, he also has states of emergency that are currently in place in the Philippines. He has the cyber libel um, uh, legislation that we know um, uh, Maria is currently facing charges under and we had her on the show a couple of weeks ago um, and we also know that this law can pick up anything on Facebook and other forms of social media so is it this extraterritorial power that is the key difference that this law uh, gives Dutetra that he doesn't have um, at the, prior to the 3rd of July? Um, actually, um, before the 3rd of July, uh, there was a, um, an, an office of overseas Filipino in Taiwan. And apparently she posted a criticism to the Duterte response to the COVID-19, you know, the, the militarized uh, response. And um, the Philippine government demanded that that, that uh, Filipino be deported from from Taiwan because of the criticism that uh, she posted and there has been already several several uh, actually that was uh, that is in jail or arrested because of their posting in uh, in the Facebook that is even before that uh, anti-terror act was uh, you know was assigned was uh, made into law how much more now that, that 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 is already a law. So that is actually very uh, dangerous for for us and for especially for those in the Philippines. And our us also worry is how because we know that the Australian government is supporting the Philippine government even militarily. So will will the Australian government actually sort of like if we do a criticism to the Philippine government and the the thirty will um, request it. Australian government to help you know like arrest us or deport us will Australian government actually do that we are not sure because right now the ASHU bill is also being amended isn't it there's also a proposed amendment to ASHU bill and it is being you know, I am not 100% sure of all the amendments but it is also very dangerous so that is one of our worries so that that we want to still you know um, explore on that whether that's a possibility that if the the Duterte government will ask the Australian government you know, to do something about like us criticizing, even though we are already Australian citizen, or dual citizen, so does he have that power or the does the Australian government going to support that anti-terror act? Because I know that Australian government is supporting the Philippine government militarily, you know. So it is extraordinary um, the 
the amount of power Dutetra is um, uh, amassing to himself. When when is the uh, next election scheduled in the Philippines and do you think it's likely that such an election will actually take place or is this um, similar to the period of Marcos a direct attempt at reintroducing dictatorship in the Philippines? It's actually a lot of people is saying that uh, the next election is uh, May 2022 and um, there is a there is a lot of you know of worry about that that even if the thirty because uh, in the Philippines they cannot rerun six term six year term and there is no reelection so what Duterte is trying to do is putting his his daughter to to sort of to follow his footsteps you know and with with the power that he has now and with the support that he has in the because he has uh, he has uh, solidified the his um, his cabinet and his government, all opposition he tried to ease out, isn't it? Uh, even the vice president now, he is trying to discredit her, you know, so that if something happened to her, to him, she couldn't, uh, you know, she couldn't uh, take the role of being a president. So they tried really to discredit her. Yeah. So that is a, a worry um, in the next election if he is... He is trying now to pass or to, uh, there, is, there was that proposal of the charter change. The charter change or the change in the constitution to change the term of government. And he is trying to push that through before his uh, term ends, the charter change. We have been, it was already, um, it was, uh, already proposed and we sort of, there is a very strong opposition to that. And now there is also a very big coalition, a strong opposition to this anti-terror act. This actually unites all the you know, progressive organizations in the Philippines of different uh, political persuasion. They are all united against this anti-terror act. If people want to support um, the movement to stop this anti-terror law in the Philippines, what should they do? I just want to share about the visit here of the task force that was created by Duterte. He created a task force um, and who came here in February 4 and uh, gave presentation in Sydney, Canberra and Melbourne. And the presentation is nothing about peace because they said that they're going to give presentation about the peace initiative of the government. It has nothing about peace, but it is actually about vilifying, attacking uh, the like migrante Gabriela and Akbayan and also several Australians who are supporting us. So, yeah, yeah that's all. But um, at the moment, uh, we are also being guided by what sort of action, what is happening in the Philippines, that, you know, with that anti-terror act, like with the, with the uh, petitions that is already filed in, in the Supreme Court. And of course, we, we don't stop to raise, like uh, PASA has already written a statement. We don't stop to raise, uh, you know, our voices here. And unfortunately, we cannot do any physical activity. Um, in the in the coming days, we'll probably have another, you know. But but we always have actions like Zoom, you know. We always have online action, online, you know, online. We we had an online uh, in the Asia Pacific last uh, July twenty six. We have an online um, Zoom which uh, protesting against the the anti terror. We can still protest through through online although we are separated you know actually we have more protests now 
than than before. But uh, and we can do a protest globally, but via via Zoom or uh, Facebook Live, you know. So we will have some um, activities in the coming days, and I am going to. We are going to uh, sort of um, communicate with you, Giselle. Absolutely, and we'll put those up on our uh, on Australia Asia Worker Links's Facebook page, so any listeners can um, follow any of the activities of PASA or any Philippine solidarity activities, particularly with the comrades, both targeted and fighting against these anti-terror laws. May but we have a very uh, we have a very um, you know call to the Australian government that we are really appealing the Australian government to stop the military support to the Philippine government because that military support is enabling the Philippine government to continue its attacks on, uh, you know, on, on, on people, continue the human rights violation. So that is our appeal to the Australian government. And we will continue to, to campaign on that. Actually, we had a plan. If there was no restriction, we had a plan to go to Canberra to have a, you know, to have a, a caravan there or to, to go there from different parts of Australia and meet there and uh, protest to stop the military support. Well, May, thank you so much for your time on the program today. Was there anything you wanted to add? Well, I just want to thank you, Giselle, uh, for giving us the chance, you know, giving us the chance to raise our voice and especially the, the, the role of of the overseas Filipinos now or and the support from outside the Philippines is very important at this time, you know, because the Filipinos are actually being silenced. And there are lots of people actually in the Philippines that are frightened. So there's no question about that. So but so so this is the time that we are really needed. Everyone from outside the Philippines to, to actually support them. Thank you so much, Giselle. Thank you. Do you need to renew your subscription? Make a donation. Or pass on some information to a programmer. We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03 94198377 each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03 94198377. 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. Isolated? Quarantined? Need some essentials but can't leave the house? Or just having a hard time dealing with everything at the moment? Queer Aid NAM is a new mutual aid group of organised volunteers. We're here, we're queer and we've got your back. Whether or not that's how you identify, nobody should be suffering because capitalism or the state didn't provide what they needed. That's why we're working to strengthen our communities through solidarity. Put in a request for help and we'll match you with a volunteer in your area who can either pick up groceries or other essentials for you, help you run errands, cook meals for you, or check in with how you're going. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, or if you want to join the volunteer list, find us on QueerAidMelbourne.org or search for us via Facebook. COVID-19 Queer Aid Nam Melbourne. So tell your family and your friends and don't forget your neighbours. That's QueerAidMelbourne.org, a 3CR supporter.
G'day you mob, Kutcher Edwards here. I just want to send out a message to you all. To stop the spread of COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus, it is advised that you keep 1.5 metres away from each other. Follow rules on social gatherings. Wash your hands when appropriate and stay home if you're feeling sick or unwell. But most of all, keep strong, stay safe. And of course, keep listening to 3CR Community Radio to keep connected to the community. We'll get through this and hope to see you real soon. Bye. And that was May Katsakis from PASA, the Philippines-Australia Solidarity Association, talking about the anti-terror laws and other issues um, in the Philippines, the country on the brink of dictatorship. And that is all we've got time for on today's Asia-Pacific Currents. Pierre. That's right, um, Giselle and uh, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed another news roundup of the labour movement <coughs> in the Asia-Pacific region. and. Um, We'll be back uh, with you uh, next week and again for another uh, program of Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. So that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hanna.